أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد باب الحث على حضور الجماعة في في الصبح والعشاء. So chapter regarding the the encouragement to attend the congregation. Uh, uh, for Salat uh, al-Subh which is colloquially known as Fajr Fajr is the time of dawn which is the beginning of the time of Subh the Salat al-Subh and Isha uh, um, there's Hath and there's Tahrid uh, 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 there's Tahthith Hath uh, and Tahrid uh, and Tahdid these are varying uh, levels of Encouragement, uh, varying levels of encouragement. So it's a encouragement for the attendance of the uh, congregation for which two prayers, Maryam? Um, and, and Isha. Isha. Isha, come sit front of, in, by the parda, please. Isha, what's that? What's the actual name for this for the Fajr prayer? Subh. Thank you. عن سيدنا عثمان بن عفان رضي الله تعالى عنه قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول من صلى العشاء في جماعة فكأنما قام نصف الليل ومن صلى الصبح في جماعة فكأنما صلى الليل كله رواه مسلم وفي رواية الترمذي عن عثمان بن عفان رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من شهد العشاء في جماعة كان له قيام نصف نصف ليلة ومن صلى العشاء والفجر في جماعة كان له كقيام ليلة قال الترمذي حديث حسن صحيح سيدنا عثمان بن عفان رضي الله تعالى عنه أمير المؤمنين he narrates that I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam indicating that he heard it from him personally uh, say that whoever prays the Isha prayer in jama'ah, in congregation, that person it's as if they prayed half of the night. And whoever prays the uh, subh prayer uh, uh, in, a, in congregation, that person it's as if they prayed the entire night. It's a hadith of Muslim. And uh, a, a narration from Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu anhu in the, the jami' of Imam Tirmidhi rahimahullah. Uh, it, uh, it basically says the same thing, but it's phrased slightly differently in order to give a person understanding what the first hadith means. That whoever witnesses the isha in congregation, that person will have the reward as if they prayed uh, half of the night. And whoever prays the uh, uh, both the Isha and Fajr in, uh, in congregation, that person will receive the reward of praying the entire night. Uh, uh, and it's a hadith, Hassan, Hassan Sahih. Uh, uh, Hassan Sahih. Uh, meaning what? So there's two things. A person, if they want to know like the spiritual effect of a deed, there's two considerations. Okay, One is what the effect will have and the other is what the reward will be. The effect is in this world and in the hereafter. Right. The reward is where? Jannah. It's in the hereafter. The reason Jannah is not the right answer, the reason we say hereafter is why? Because not everybody in the hereafter goes to Jannah. But the effect is where? It's in the hereafter. So the, 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 you know, so a person, if they ask, for example, what's the difference? Like, what's the point of praying all night now? One of the, one of the answers to that question is that Imagine if a person received the reward of praying the entire night um, and then they pray the entire night on top of that, then they'll get double the reward of praying the entire night. But more than that, the, the, the spiritual effect of praying the entire night will be for the person who actually prays the entire night. The reward of the praying the entire night will be for the person who prays the entire night or for the person who prays both Isha and uh, Fajr in the same congregation. So this is, this is, this is a difference. This is a mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he imagines the entire ummah prays the entire night. Then what's going to happen? The doctors are going to go to sleep after Fajr and somebody who has a heart attack at Fajr time is going to go straight to the graveyard. 
Imagine if the entire Ummah prayed the entire night and then kids have his class in the morning then no one's going to memorize the Quran. People have to do different stuff, right? So because of that, Allah Ta'ala made a mechanism that the people who have stuff to do, people who are in the military, people who are uh, shopkeepers, people who are teachers, people who have other, other uh, things that they have to do, Allah Ta'ala gave them a way of catching up with the reward of uh, those people who uh, um, those people who were able to pray for the entire night. However, there is still a benefit and a reward for the person who actually prays the entire night. And actually, interestingly enough, the person who prays the entire night, are they going to get the reward of the person who prays the entire night? It sounds like a real simple question, right? What do you, what do you say, Aisha? If a person prays the entire night, are they going to get the reward for praying the entire night? What do you say, Miriam? Maybe if they do it correctly. So we have a yes. We have a maybe if they do it correctly. What do you think? What do you think, Mahin? Um, not necessarily. Not necessarily. You guys are a pessimistic lot. Uh, any of any of the any of the sisters have a have a an answer? The person who prays the entire night will, at minimum, get ten times the reward of a person who prays the entire night. The person who prays Isha and Fajr in the congregation will get the reward of the one who prays the entire night. The one who actually prays the entire night, the reward will be ten times that at minimum. Some people, their hearts are, mashallah, uh, gems of, of, of ikhlas and sincerity. So somebody may be getting upwards to 700 or more times the reward. But you'll at least get ten times the reward. You understand that, Maryam? Okay? And on top of that, the spiritual effect of praying the entire night is going to be there with that person. So Allah Ta'ala gave these mechanisms as a way that people can try to catch up with the reward, the ones that can't do those things. But every different good deed and act of piety has a different spiritual effect. And so the people who get the reward of praying the entire night, they have this, that's the, 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 so the people who pray the entire night get the spiritual effect of it. But the people who are, for example, taking care of their family, they get the spiritual effect of that. The person who's fasting gets the spiritual effect of that. The mujahid fi sabilillah gets the spiritual effect of that. The, the, the person who helps people or solves their problems gets the effect of that. The person who uh, makes peace between uh, uh, people who are disputing with one another, they get the effect of that. But the idea is what? There's a mechanism that in terms of reward on the Day of Judgment, no matter what function a person has in the ummah, there's a way that nobody gets left behind. And this is a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu that the uh, uh, that there are certain sins that are not going to be forgiven except for through your nafil salat. So when you're done with your salat, pray your sunnahs. There are certain sins that are not going to be forgiven or expiated except for that through that, and there are certain sins that are not going to be expiated or forgiven except for through fasting, and there are certain sins that are not going to be expiated except for through asaya al ayal, except for through. Uh, uh, um, Literally, you're like, what is sa'i? You, you remember what sa'i is? Anyone? It's running between Safa and Marwa. So here it means like running between the needs of your family. So you have to go to work because you have to pay the rent and then you have to go pick up the milk and then you have to this and you have to that. This is also a, a, an act of worship. This is also a noble thing, you know? Imagine if we were cavemen and we lived out in the jungle or whatever. So you get to go get the fruit from such and such tree and get water and you have to get whatever root will cure whatever sickness that your relative have. This is from that, from that you, you know, that's a noble act and this is a noble act as well. Uh, uh, and so, uh, uh, yes, the spiritual effects are different, but Allah Ta'ala and His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Ta'ala created these means for the, the maqamat of the different people to converge uh, on some point in Jannah, uh, uh, even though the spiritual effects of uh, all the different things that they do are different. And then on top of that, so one might say, well, this is easy for me. Another person may say, that's easy for you. There are darajat of kamal. There are different levels of perfection. So Rasulullah Sallallahu asked, you know, one morning who's, you know, who, who did this good deed, who did that good deed, who visited a sick person. Who, and this is in Fajr time, in the Subh time. Sayyidina Abu Bakr raised his hand for every single thing. You know, and Allah and the Rasulullah said about him, you know, he asked, is there, is there going to be anyone who will be call, called to, to more than one gate of Jannah? He says, yes, there'll be some people who will be called from all eight gates and I hope you're one of them. Uh, 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 and so that's a darajah of kamal, that's a perfection that's above uh, the perfection of any of them. But the idea is the person who perfects something, 
that person has in in them the 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 potential to perfect other things, uh, and a person who just does everything halfway, uh, it's just all going to be a waste uh, on the day of judgment. But Allah, uh, except for by Allah, Allah's fadl uh, uh, that He's generous, and some people He'll just out of His generosity accept things that really shouldn't be accepted. Um, but that's that's uh, neither here nor there. وعن سيدنا أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه قال لو يعلمون ما في العتمة والصبح لأتوها ولو حبوا متفق عليه وقد سبق بطوله and this is a hadith that 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 was narrated before so it's a small snippet of it that he that he re re narrates which is what if the people knew what the virtue of attending the 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 عتمة Atama is what? It's a, it's a word that the Bedouins made up for, for Isha. It's not the actual word for Isha. In fact, in another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ told the, 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 the Sahaba, don't let the Bedouins like screw this one up. The name of the prayer is Isha. Okay? But because they kept using this word, uh, uh, you know, perhaps he's trying to explain it to a people that they're, in a way that they're going to understand. So he used this word, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Or perhaps, perhaps it's just a, a paraphrase from the, from the narrator. Allah knows best. But the idea is this is that, uh, 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 I mean, it's not like haram to use it. But the idea is that the Prophet sallallahu did in a separate hadith confirm that the actual name of the prayer is Isha. Uh, what is Atama? Atama is the time that you milk a camel. Interesting, interesting fact. I actually went and lived for a short amount of time with people who have camels. Do you know what time they milk the camels? Maryam, Aisha, do you know what time? That's a bad guess. Anyone? Isha time, right? Why? Because Atama is when you milk the camels. That's exactly when you, when you, uh, 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 when you milk the camels, the Isha time. Why? Because camels like a big animal. It's like a, it's like a mammal, but like you know. It's a big animal. It's like a dinosaur, right? And if it doesn't like you, it can kill you very easily. Uh, and and uh, the stories of the rage of camels are, are is legendary. We don't have time for it right now. Uh, maybe we can have like a special separate dars about like the rage of camels, and we'll invite some Bedouins, and they'll tell you some really uh, scary stories about the rage of camels. But like, camel could stop you out pretty, pretty handily. Okay. So that time is a time that they chill. They chill out a little bit. They chillax, you know, they relax a little bit. You know, they're not tense. They're not like, you know, whatever. They're at ease. It's been a long day, tired, not yet asleep, but about to go to sleep. They're relaxed. And so the person that the camel knows and trusts and likes, that person, they'll let them milk them at that time. And so the, the atama is the, the word that the Bedouins used for the Isha prayer. But it is it, it actually refers to the time that the camels are milked, which is... The time Isha comes in. And it's interesting too because a lot of people, a person like maybe at home and you're like whatever, like Azan Pro app that probably has the wrong time for all the prayers anyway. But like assuming it has the right time, your Azan Pro app. And people are like, I'm trying to tell them it's not the right time. They're like, no, but it's the app. They design it. They do research. I was like, yeah, no, they don't. They, they work at, you know, they work at, you know some second, third-rate company in Silicon Valley, <laughs> they made an app because <laughs> they thought they make make money or go to Jannah or do both at the same time, which is even more inexplicable, but khair. Um, so yeah, so like a person might like wake up at Fajr time. You wake up at Fajr and look out, look out the window and you're like, what is this? It's just another part of the night, right? But if you actually live in nature, you'll see things change. The animals know that the Fajr has come in. The roosters will crow uh, and other stuff starts happening at that time, even amongst the animals. And that's on top of the astronomical... Uh, the astronomical uh, definition of the Fajr, but the, 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 the living world uh, witnesses it's coming in. So he says what? He said that if the, if the people knew uh, what the virtue of Atama, of, of the Isha prayer is, and Subah, the Fajr prayer is, they would come even if they had to come crawling. You know, even if they, even if they had to come crawling, they would come to it. Uh, and, you know, just to repeat, we mentioned something from before, which is what? Which is that... Uh, uh, um, which is that, like, you know, instead of taking khatib workshops, people would go on Isha and Fajr workshops. Because there's, you know, khatibs are going to, you know, as a class of people, generally, there's, uh, there is a, a large amount of warning of them going to the hellfire. And uh, judges, and there's certain classes of people, there's warnings about them going to the hellfire. 
whereas the people who are like punctual and, and, and Fajr and Isha, uh, not a lot of, there's a lot less threat uh, of, of, of difficulty at that time. Uh, and that's what's going to increase and improve the ahwal of the ummah, or at least it's going to take that first before the other things change. But nobody believes it because everybody, you know, secretly inside they know better. Uh, they feel like they know better, so we are where we are. And Allah, uh, Allah help us. By the way, I wanted to issue a correction. In the in the in the past, in the past uh, durus, I translated, I translated the word right. There's a isbaghul wudu'i ala al-makarih. I translated it wrong. It's isbagh with a seen, not with a sad. So I said paint wudu on the limbs. This is wrong. This is a, uh, this is a mistake. This is incorrect. Sibra with a sad, Sibratullahi wa man ahsanu min Allahi, Sibratan wa nahnu lahu abidun. This is the, uh, this is the, uh, um, this is with the sad and the, 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 the isbagh with the seen. This is, uh, it means ikmal, means to perfect or to complete something. So it doesn't mean to paint the wudu onto the limbs. So this is, this is my mistake. And, uh, you know, I, I want to thank, uh, uh, I, I don't remember the brother, inshallah, if I remember, I'll thank him by name. But there was somebody, one of the students of knowledge in Toronto, when I went to teach at the Hawiya last week, he brought, very respectfully brought it to my attention. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful to him for it. Uh, Barakallah fikum. So uh, this, is, this is what, if they knew what the virtue of the Isha prayer and the Subah prayer in, in, in congregation was, they would come to it even if they had to come crawling. وعنه رضي الله تعالى عنه يعني أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ليس الصلاة أثقل على المنافقين من صلاة الفجر والعشاء ولو يعلمون ما فيهما لأتوها ولو حبوا متفق عليه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said in a hadith again narrated by Sayyidina Abu Hurairah رضي الله تعالى عنه that the most difficult prayer for the munafiqin is Fajr and Isha. Um, and if they knew what the reward of Fajr and Isha was, if they were actually aware of it, they would have come, even if they had to come crawling. Now, why is it that, why is it that the Fajr and Isha is hard on the munafiqeen during the life of the Prophet Anyone have a theory they'd like to venture or know the answer and just want to say it? Harder to get up from bed? That's a reason. That is a reason, but the, 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 the primary reason that the Shorah write is something something else, yes? No, but a munafiq, you don't you can't say munafiq is a kafir. They say that we're Muslim. They just don't inside believe inside. Some of them actually pray at home. Yes, because nobody can see them. That's why. Because the Rasulullah's masjid had no lights in it until the Tamim al-Dari, I think in the 7th or 8th year of Hijra, he's the first one to bring a couple of candles into the masjid. That's all. And so even with candles, you can make out like there's a person in front of you, but you're not like, you're not 100% like seeing everybody with a bunch of, with, with, with like hyper amount of clarity. Whereas uh, Zuhur and Asr, Maghrib, you can still see people come in and go and you know who's, you know who's there, you know who's not there. Whereas the munafiqeen, they're not going to get called out for, for not coming to Fajr and Isha because nobody can see them. Now, this is an interesting hadith also, by the way. And I say this not to like harp on gender issues because uh, if, if you feel like there's a lack of that, there's a thing called social media and you can uh, go and uh, knock yourself out and uh, call other people like, you know, toxic and Nazi and this and that and uh, pick whatever side you want or all sides or no side at all and just... Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, go ahead and, and, and let your uh, heart's negativity flow like the river Amazon, uh, uh, mighty, so mighty that the fish will swim in from the ocean to the forest and eat the berries and nuts, like level of like toxicity if you want to. Uh, so we're not getting into that right now. But this is something just so a person who actually, once they're done with arguing whatever uh, uh, good point of view that they have, uh, if they just want the knowledge, uh, uh, the, the sisters used to attend the Salat with the Prophet which one? Isha and Fajr. Not the, not the other prayers. They did not used to go to the masjid five times a day. They used to come Isha and Fajr. And, uh, 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 and, and you, can't, you can't tell. If you can't tell which men are there, then you, know, uh, you also cannot tell 
which women are there because their sufuf don't meet with yours. There's the in the in the middle. There's a gap. So that's something to consider, inshallah. Uh, for those of you who are uh, for those of us who are done arguing, I do my fair share of arguing. Allah Allah protect me. You know when you see me doing something online. Don't be like, oh, he's a sheikh and he's doing... No, just if I do something good, then you'd be like, okay, that's good. I'm going to learn from that or whatever. And if you see me doing something bad, then be like, yeah, Allah Ta'ala, give him hidayah, uh, inshallah, uh, uh, and, and move on. But so that's that's what, that's the reason it's afqala ala al-munafiqeen, right? So if a person hears this hadith and they're like, oh, I go to Isha at the masjid all the time. So I'm not a munafiq, right? Well, we all wish it was that easy. Inshallah, you're not. But that's that itself is not the istidlal, right? Because which is the, the which is the, the money salat in, in, in American Islam? Isha. Isha, everybody comes to Isha. You know? And like I've heard this like having been an imam uh, uh, in different places, A, I can tell you that by far the most people come in Isha. And B, uh, uh, I can tell you that there are people who are like, yeah, so and so's a pious guy, he goes to Isha every day, you know? Which is good, I guess. It's not. It's better than not going to anything at all. However, uh, 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 in terms of benchmark of piety, the benchmark of piety is the one who goes five times a day. And uh, 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 you know, someone might say, "Well, at least you get the reward of half the night praying, half the night in the shah. Every salat has its own unique set of rewards. Every salat has its own unique set of rewards, uh, and Allah Taala knows best. So you know, I don't. I don't. You know, I. I think that. That, that a person that goes to the Salat just because there's a lot of people there, uh, 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 it doesn't mean, again, it's not like I'm saying, oh, Fulan is Munafiq, but at the same time, uh, a person should not feel like, like hyper-secure about that. Uh, rather, they should know that there's a reason that, there's a reason that uh, the Munafiqin used to absent themselves. And, the, the, you know, you can either be literalist uh, uh, about the Hadith, or you can actually use your brain and try to understand what it means. And uh, uh, literalism has been tolerated in Islam, but it's definitely not preferred. And in general, Rasulullah even during his lifetime, whenever there'd be this literalist versus usuli argument, he would either, in the cases where he did pick a side, he would pick the usuli side. And that's what the fadail of, the, what makes Abu Bakr, Omar, Uthman, Ali radiallahu anhum uh, uh, superior to others is that they actually used to understand the command and implement it based on, based on understanding rather than then just like, you know, I say jump, you say how high, even though they're the first ones who would have done that as well. Uh, 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 but they had the extra added bonus of, of trying to understand things and implementing them based on understanding. And Allah knows best. Babu al-amri bil-muhafadati ala salawati al-maktubati wal-nahi al-akid wal-wa'id al-shadid fi tarkihinna. The chapter regarding the, the commandment to to protect uh, 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 and, and and protect and guard uh, uh, over the uh, the prescribed prayers, the five daily prescribed prayers, and the emphatic prohibition and severe uh, 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 severe threat to those to, who uh, 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 who uh, leave them. And yes, Allah Taala threatens the the, the creation as well. Uh, Allah Ta'ala Ta threatens the creation as well And we should take that, that threat, that wa'id seriously And people are like, well, why does God have to threaten his creation? Well, why does God have to reward his creation? He doesn't have to do nothing uh, He does what he wills And he chooses here that to, 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 to threaten the, the creation And even in his threat is a mercy Because the one who takes the threat will pray uh, Or will do what they're supposed to do And through that they'll benefit Whereas if the threat wasn't there, they wouldn't have done what they're supposed to do and they would have not benefited. So there's a mercy in that as well. قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى حَافِظُوا عَلَى الصَّلَوَاتِ وَالصَّلَاةِ الْوُسْطَى وَقُومُوا لِلَّهِ قَانِتِينَ Guard over the, the, the prayers. Make sure you don't miss them. Huh? Make sure you don't miss them. Every time you should think, is there a salat that's in now and I haven't prayed it yet? If the answer is yes, you should be uh, unease in, 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 in unease. You should be uneasy until that that prayer is said. That should be a an awareness of the passage of time. You should keep with you at all times, and you should never be heedless of it. So, hafiz will guard over the prayers of Salat al Wusta and over the middle prayer, uh, uh, um, and stand in front of Allah Taala. Qanitin. Qanit means silent and still. It means silent in, in silence and in stillness. Um, 
And what is a Salatul Wusta? We've talked about it before. There's a difference of opinion according to the ulama. Malik rahimahullah ta'ala considered it to be the uh, uh, Fajr prayer. The Subh prayer. And uh, the other, as for the other Imams, uh, there are other opinions. Uh, uh, the opinion of, of Zuhur is attributed to Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, the majority of the, the, the Ahlul Hadith, to my understanding, the, 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 the Hadith-based madhabs um, versus the Sunnah-based madhabs, they, they consider it to be the Asr prayer. Uh, but uh, again, you know, uh, uh, every prayer has its virtue. I mean, I think in this day and age, it makes sense for the person who says Fajr just because like what was mentioned before, it's difficult for people to wake up because uh, uh, the people of Kufr don't, their, their, their scheduling is like least accommodating of Fajr out of all of the prayer times. Uh, and so in this, in this day and age, it's very common that you see people that like, you know, they'll pray four prayers on time. If you, if you hear from them that they pray four prayers on time and they miss one prayer in the day, the most commonly missed one is going to be the, is going to be the Subh prayer. Wallahu a'lam. But the idea is that a person, the commandment is to guard over the, the prayer times. The vigilance of the prayer times is, is, is itself a type of zikr of Allah Ta'ala. It's itself a type of zikr of Allah Ta'ala. And so there have been people in the past that have been uh, put through tribulation um, and forbidden from saying their prayers. And uh, 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 it's a difficulty for them to go through. And people who are in that situation, and there are dispensations, dispensations that, they can, that they can take. But uh, 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 a person should not fear anyone but Allah Ta'ala with regards to these things. And a person should always be mindful. They, shouldn't, they should themselves check themselves if the time of the prayer passes and it doesn't, it doesn't uh, move or stir anything inside of them. And uh, there's, there's a great secret to that, to being aware of the passage of time like that. Uh, and, and much of the soul is wrapped up in that, but we're not going to go there uh, right now, uh, probably because I go there all the time anyway. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى فَإِن تَابُوا وَأَقَامُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَآتَوُوا الزَّكَاةَ فَخَلُّوا سَبِيلَهُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about the people of Kufr that if they repent, what's the, what is the repentance of a kafir? It's to take the shahada and become Muslim. So in Tabu, if they if they repent, meaning they 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 repent from kufr and they take up the deen, and they establish the prayer uh, and they give zakat, then 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 stay out of their way. Don't be a jerk. Don't bother them. Uh, 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 this is I'm saying this. Don't be a jerk. Don't bother them to to, to us. Uh, <laughs> as a as a, as a taliq as an addition to what the text is saying. The text just says stay out of their way. Uh, uh, the don't be a jerk is my word, my words, and it's an addition. It's not a translation. Aslan, the Quran can't be translated. You know the Quran, the 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 first major translation of the Quran in Persian. You know when it was made? In the 1700s, by Shah Waliullah. Either the early or either the 1700s. Yeah, it's, it's the 1700s. It was made by Shah Waliullah, and he. Uh, he was, he's like the Musnid. I mean, all the, like, illa masha'Allah, like, you know, overwhelming majority of the asanid of hadith that are alive to this day, they go through him. And so one of the asatiza from, from Jamia Madaniya where I studied, he's an Afghani, uh, uh, Mulan Abdul Khalik Saab, and he, he actually eventually moved back to Herat. Uh, uh, moved back to Afghanistan. He's not from Herat, but he moved to, moved to Herat and he teaches over there. There's some, some brothers uh, uh, that, that uh, have a small idara where they teach uh, Quran and stuff like that to the kids. So he teaches over there. Now he went back home and he teaches. He uh, came to Pakistan initially as a refugee, as many Afghanis did. And he teaches over there. And he's, he's just a real, like, he's a real good dude. Like, Masha Qari, the Qiraat, he used to teach the Hidayah. I mean, he's like, I, I remember he used to never miss a prayer in the, uh, uh, in the Masjid and Jamaat, which is also related to what we're talking about right now. Um, and just a real, like one of those, like, oh man, uh, uh, when you feel like you're cool, you just like think of him and it dissipates that, 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 that feeling. Uh, uh, so I just spoke to him the other day and he said that, uh, he said that after coming back to Afghanistan, now I realize Shawulullah's translation of the Quran is, in my opinion, his most momentous work. 
even though imagine that he wrote about everything and he wrote with excellence about everything and he has a lot of books that are very mind-blowing like books he has certain books that are the only ones in their topic but but what what what, what is it it's his translation because now that i come back i realize this in my opinion it's the translation of the quran and he said there's so much ruhaniya there's so much spirituality a person wonders what guided this man to pick the words that he did that are so excellent and so beautiful? He said that the ulama fought him during his life for it. Why did you do this? This is not right. And, uh, 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 you know, this was a work that was written like every ayah was like istikhara and, you know, for every ayah. Why? Because if you misinterpret what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's words are, then you're kind of going to jahannam, you know, for lying about Allah ta'ala, which nobody wants to do. So even then, we don't say it's a translation. It's a type of commentary in a different language, but it, the style of commentary is that what it, 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 it follows the words. Otherwise, the words, uh, you know, these words are chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, to, hold, uh, uh, to hold the tajalli of his, uh, of his kalam uh, in them. And it's, it's, uh, that's not a joke. But at any rate, the, 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 the words are saying what? That the kuffar, if they make tawbah, they accept the deen and they establish the prayer and they give zakat. Then, uh, uh, then stay out of their way. The munasabah of this ayah is what is that the, what's mentioned is not that they pray, but that they establish the prayer. That they themselves be people who, who are uh, who who guard the the, the prayer times. Um, then, 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 then clear their path. Let them do. Let them do. You know. Let them live their lives. Let them be successful, etc., etc. Yeah. The Ottomans never had it translated. I don't know. Uh, I'm very not. I don't know, because the thing is, I didn't study in the Ottoman Madrasa tradition, so, so I, I don't know. Uh, I, I assume, though, I assume that not only was it not translated, but on top of that, because of, uh, because of uh, uh, um, it wasn't. And I'll tell you why I know that. It's because uh, uh, um, the secularists, when they took over, they forced the Muslims to give the Adhan in, in Turkish. And you know who told me this? Anyone, anyone, all star on the on the SoundCloud account? Who told Sheikh Yusuf Kavakchi from who was in Dallas? He's in Malaysia now because he's like like mashallah PhD and like amazing like uh, like politician slash PhD daughter is like the ambassador from Turkey to Malaysia right now. Mashallah, everyone say mashallah. Allah Taala gives you know when he gives people he gives them a lot. Mashallah. So he told me this. He said that he said when I was a kid. Interestingly enough, he's Georgian, not like Atlanta, but like the like, you know, Tbilisi, like Georgian, right? And I, I, I was like, "There's Muslim Georgians." He goes, "When I grew up, he goes, I didn't know that there was non-Muslim Georgians." He goes, when "I was, I grew up in the village. I thought all Georgians were Muslims." He goes, "I went to the, I went to the city, and then I'm like, oh wow, like <laughs> there's a bunch of more Christians and stuff, you know." So, so he he said that he said when he was a young man studying in Madrasa, uh, he said he's like a village kid who came to the city and he needed a job. So he got a job giving the azan, but the secularists were in power, so they made the mandated that azan has to be called in Turkish. So he asked, "Can I take that jaisa? I'm a young man. It, you have to be in good health to run up the run up the stairs in the minaret. It's not a joke. I mean, it's like quite a quite a aerobic workout, and uh, 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 you know, without commenting on the physical condition of people, Masha, you're the PT. You can talk about that later." Uh, um, he said that he said that like I was a village kid, I needed a job. So the ulama told me, you can take the job, you can do it. He goes, but just have in your heart that it's not the azan. <laughs> You're just getting up, getting up on the member or minaret and like screaming something in Turkish. It's not the azan though. He's like, okay, cool. So uh, 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 at any rate, he told the story about the day that they allowed the azan again in Turkish and like. How uh, uh, how uh, like the entire like Istanbul like froze for like an hour, you know, when the people heard the sound of the azan again, it like everything came to a standstill. But that's that. The point is, is they I know they didn't translate the Quran in Turkish, and there was talk about doing it, but they stopped it because they were afraid that if they translate it into Turkish, they're going to make them pray in Turkish as well. But there was no standardized text to flip the uh, the the Quran in Turkish, and secularists were not in a position to do so apparently, and so uh, uh, at least the, the salat wasn't uh, wasn't messed with. So uh, Allah knows best. Otherwise, this idea of quote unquote translations is a relatively new newfangled idea.
من سيدنا عبد الله بن مسعود رضي الله تعالى عنه قال سألت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أي الأعمال أفضل قال الصلاة على وقتها قلت ثم أي قال بر الوالدين قلت قلت ثم أي قال بر الوالدين قلت ثم أي قال الجهاد في سبيل الله متفق عليه so yeah, before we uh, continue this hadith, um, there are many people who are, their objection to Islam is it's an imperialist force that like is totalitarian and whatever. And I'm like, okay, so is Western European democracy. And the difference is what? The difference when the Sahaba did it, whoever entered into the system then had a fair shot at being something. When, when, when after the reign of Yazid, this changed actually. And this stunted the, the, the state and it caused, it caused problems. And then the Banu Umayyah was, a, in, 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 you know, historically a short amount of time overthrown, an extremely bloody uh, revolution, which ended up almost making their uh, family go extinct. One branch of it will survive in, 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 the, in the far west. Otherwise, more or less all of them are killed off. Uh, and uh, then the Abbasi state comes in and those kind of like race quota type strictures that, that they had there they're largely largely removed and in fact the caliphate uh, the caliphate uh, once the Buwahis take over the prime ministership essentially the caliphate becomes like a figurehead uh, and if it does have power again it's a contender for power amongst Persians and Turks and other people um, and this is something like Islam is a meritocracy as long as we keep it like that in our organizations. Okay? We'll benefit. If a black person is competent, let them come forward. If a white person is competent, let them come forward. I don't see personally why all this like, you know, this maybe I can get crucified on, on, on social media for saying this. I don't see what the big hype about black and white is because we're all actually brown. Everyone. There's different shades of brown. But uh, whatever it is, whichever shade of brown you are, doesn't matter. Okay? So don't put someone forward just because they're a certain color and don't hold someone back because they're a certain color. As long as we keep nominating people and put, putting people forward based on their competence, there'll be benefit. And once we start to try to negotiate like uh, uh, identity politics, uh, things are going to turn into the fruit salad that they're very rapidly turning into in the public. Um, now, there are historical injustices that need to be, that need to be addressed. So there may be a reason that the people of a certain race, they're, they're underrepresented at a certain table. The way of dealing with that is not necessarily putting, some, putting someone forth who's not competent, but the way of it would be to, uh, uh, you know, to try to address like, what the root causes are, and Allah knows best. I know that it's not as simple as that, and I know there are certain situations where people should go out of their way to accommodate people and things like that, so maybe I shouldn't have opened my mouth about this issue, but, uh, so don't like, you know, hyper... Uh, uh, you know, whatever i'm open to like being talked to about this and things like that so let's talk nicely about it but uh, this is one the point i wanted to say is what is that that quote-unquote totalitarian and imperialistic uh, uh, aspect of the deen look a it's going to end up sending you to jannah which is the most important thing is that people who entered into the middle they go they go to jannah they get salvation on the day of judgment even if there are people who think that that's all pie in the sky in july we don't think that we think it's we we know it's real and that's that's why we consider it a good thing the second thing is what? The second thing is this, is that, is that even then one of the differences between the imperialism of, uh, of other civilizations and the imperialism of Islam is what? Is that, look, the British ruled over, over uh, uh, India for so long. What did they do? They just took stuff. Right? Trillions of dollars. They, they basically took, they took them back to England. England was like a welfare recipient from what? From India. From Africa, you know, South Africa, East Africa, etc. They just took stuff and bounced. And you don't see, you know, there's a whole commonwealth that has all these countries from the Caribbean and from, from, from South Africa, East Africa, uh, the Southeast Asian archipelago. You don't see those people integrated into that society. America, you know, race is still an issue, even though slavery has been gone for over a century. Why? Because that this khalusabilahum is not there. This idea is not there. So it's important that this happen. People need to need to be careful about this, not to get in, in, in people's way uh, of practicing their Islam. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's historically been something people have taken seriously. And even though, you know, you, there's always room for imp improvement, 
it's something that I hope that most Muslims understand. So Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhu, I apologize, not Uthman bin Affan, Sayyidina Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said, I asked the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, which actions are the most virtuous? Which of the actions are most virtuous? He said to pray uh, uh, in its uh, to pray a prayer on its time. So this could be one of things, one of two things. One is to pray in the muftar time, to not delay the prayer off after its time. Uh, um, but traditionally, the, the the many of the ulama have uh, uh, um, have have taken this to mean when, right when it comes in. And so in the Maliki school. Unless you're waiting for the congregation, unless you're waiting for the congregation, all the prayers are better to pray sooner rather than later. When's the best time to pray the prayers, Aisha? Which is? Which part of the time? Which time? The beginning, middle, end, which time? The beginning, thank you. Uh, 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 the the best of the the best of the uh, uh, the best of actions is what to pray the prayer in his time, and you know within that meaning is what like when, when it comes in. And uh, this is one of the wonderful things about Hajj. Anyone here been on Hajj before? Mashallah, don't raise your hand and lose all your reward. But like that's one of the nice things about Hajj is people don't think about Salat like this. Like at least where we come from. <laughs> <laughs> Which unfortunately doesn't mean a different country, but like America. <laughs> Where are you from? <laughs> like, oh God, <laughs> what, is, what, what do they mean? <laughs> so yes, I was deported from Ireland last year. Where do you think I'm from? Uh, yeah, no, but meaning like over here, we don't really think about slot like that. But when you're in Mina in the tents, like, what do you do? Adhan happens. People get together, they pray there, you know, they know that there's going to be a line for wudu already. So they've already, hopefully, if they're using common sense, they've already gone and made wudu from before and woken everybody up who's sleeping from before. And, uh, uh, the, you know, they pray their sunnahs and they, they, they pray, mashallah, uh, which, is, which, is, which is a good thing. People should do that. People should be avid for that. Uh, this is one thing, uh, sisters... Given that it's not a sunnah for the women to come to the masjid. Again, I'm not saying women can't come to the masjid. Don't, please don't, please, right? But it's not a sunnah. The, the, the optimal prayer of the woman is not in congregation. It's alone and it's not in, in the masjid. Rather, it's at home. And if a person prays in congregation or at the masjid or whatever, that's fine. But I'm just saying, given that the optimum prayer is alone and it's, uh, uh, it's, uh, and it's at home, this is something that you should be very intent on practicing. This is the substitute of your optimal prayer, uh, uh, unlike the brothers. That when the salat comes in, you, you have your wudu, you've made your sunnahs, and when, uh, when the salat comes in, you have your wudu, you pray your sunnahs, and you, you, you pray your fard prayer. If you're at a party, no problem. Who cares what the other women are doing? You know what I mean? Like... As long as nobody's like robbing a liquor store or something like that, you should not really be hyper concerned about it. Just you know, just five minutes before the prayer times come in, comes in ten minutes before it comes in. Say, is there a place that I can pray? And if it's like, oh, we're all gonna pray, then that's fine. And if it's uh, like, oh, here you can pray over there or whatever, just figure it out, negotiate the protocol uh, in whatever tactful way uh, possible, and uh, just go say your prayer. And, uh, uh, you know, with men, it's like, it's like a kabuki. There's like this politics involved with it, like theater, you know. You, you want to like bring the topic up in a way that's not going to like cause like a, a problem. And that's not going to like, you know, there's like all these things you have to worry about because there's other people. It's like hurting, hurting, hurting animals that happen to like have driver's licenses, you know. But with the women, you know, it's really not your problem. Uh, uh, and uh, we should make a culture of that because when we make a culture of when the sisters do it the ones who are see it as important because one thing is we sacrifice our deen for other people to be quote unquote polite look polite is like going to Jannah that's like the best politeness someone if you help someone go to Jannah they'll like write you a thank you note they'll be like thank you that was so like lovely of you right uh, so uh, you're not going to do that by proving how, how you're willing to sacrifice your deen for their laziness you don't have to be a jerk about it. In fact, you shouldn't be a jerk about it. Don't be like up in people's face like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to pray my salat 
up in here and like you know like hyper like up in people's face not that anyone here would ever do that but the thing is that don't please by all means don't do that but nice polite you know prayers and you know i, I want to and just slip to the side say your say your prayer at least your farm and then you can you know go on with the party and uh whatever uh wonderful conversation that the sisters uh have amongst each other which i don't even i i have no idea what it is and may not want to know i don't know maybe i do maybe i don't but but the idea is that like you know that's really easy for the sisters and when the sisters and the kids see that you know kids grandkids other people who are like you know look up to you or whatever when they see that that you're you're praying when the salat comes in like that's a important memory it's a memory i have of my grandmother rahimahullah ta'ala my mother's mother is that when the salat would come in she'd pray and like as a kid you're like oh yeah nani is just reading namaz again because that's what she does then you're like oh wow maybe she was like some real pious person because i all i remember is she used to like read quran and pray a lot you know uh that's that's that that has that has an impact you know so this is a this is a the, this is especially for the sisters for the brothers also i mean if you live in like armpit uh uh like iowa or whatever uh then yeah maybe there's not a, a masjid close by and then you can practice that as well uh, uh so some of the brothers can practice that but all of the sisters all of the sisters can actually it's really easy for the sisters because the sisters you know like the brothers you, people have to pray Whereas the sisters, there's a other, there's a, a other which is screened. There's an excuse that's screened from people, because there's a reason, right? That some sometimes the sisters don't pray, right? And so you're not gonna go and ask everybody, like you know what I mean? Like please don't ask. A, you're not going. Don't if you are doing this, anybody who's listening, if they do this, don't do it. Stop, right? You don't have to. It's between them and Allah Taala because that other is there. You don't even have to go in Amr bil Maruf Nahi and Munkar mode if you're, if you're, if you know. If uh, you're so inclined. Why? Because that's a other between them and Allah Ta'ala. If the kids ask you, you know, like, you know, how come auntie so-and-so didn't pray? Who knows? Maybe it's just, you know, she's not praying right now. Uh, and that's that. So for the sisters, it's very easy to, to pray. It's a salatu ala waqtiha. And there's great khair in it. And then after that, what's the next thing? It's birul walidain, to, to honor your parents. And then after that, uh, he, he said it's to go out in the path of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Uh, uh, a... قِتَالُ الْكُفَّارِ لِإِعْلَاءِ كَلِمَةِ اللَّهِ طَلَبًا لِمَرْضَاتِهِ You know, so uh, 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 is, it, it's what? It's qital in the, the path of Allah Ta'ala to make the word of Allah Ta'ala supreme uh, and only seeking Allah's pleasure, that He should be pleased with you, that a person should, should put his life and his wealth in danger in order to uh, make the word of Allah Ta'ala supreme and so that Allah may uh, uh, be pleased with them and accept from them. And it's interesting, this is actually something that's actioned in the fiqh books. Which is what? If, for example, this is, this is, uh, 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 this is not in defense uh, of the homeland, but if there's some need to go out in the path of Allah Ta'ala, the fiqh books literally say you have to ask your parents' permission. And in the fiqh books, at least in the Maliki fiqh books, the, the, the explanation of this is what? It's written in the explanation if they're Muslims. If they're not Muslims, you don't have to ask them. But in the explanation of that, it's what? The reason is what? Is because they're not going to care about the deen. The deen has no uh, meaning to them. Because if it did, they would have been Muslims. However, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the Hawashi further explained that you don't, you're allowed to not listen to them in this matter if the reason that they're saying no is because they don't care about the deen. If the reason that they say no is that they love you and they fear for you, then you still have to listen to them just as if they were Muslims. And so this is like a part of fiqh. Many people are like, oh, look, these Muslims are hardcore and they're crazy or whatever. Look at that, how much rahmah there is even in this, like the law with regard to qital fi sabilillah, that your non-Muslim parents, if like, if the idea of you getting injured or you getting hurt makes them cry and they say, please don't go then even even despite their kufr you you're obliged to you're obliged to like listen to that and honor that above your desire to go out in the path of Allah ta'ala obviously this has to do again this doesn't mean like this doesn't mean like what like the germans are about to take over lombard and the street is like fighting street to street and like they're going to like burn your house down then you know it doesn't really make much sense if your parents say don't go out and fight well they're going to burn our house down in like 10 minutes anyway right that's something different but this is other than other other than that dire situation uh, 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 this tartib is this tartib is is honored, 
uh, this order is honored that, that, that first the prayer in its time, uh, which even for jihad fi sabilillah and even for the sake of honoring one's parents, the farther prayer is not to be omitted. And then what? Honoring the parents, even for jihad fi sabilillah, the honoring of parents is not to be omitted. Uh, uh, and then and then to the kalimatullahi uh And it's a hadith of both Bukhari and Muslim. One said Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam buni al-islamu ala khamsin shahadatu Allah ilaha illallahu wa anna muhammad rasulullahi wa iqam al-salati wa ita'i al-zakati wa hajj al-bayti wa sami ramadana muttafaqun alayhi and before we continue for anyone who's listening to our uh, dars online or even uh, uh, present and uh, mashallah in communication with our various lovely uh, uh, services whatnot references to jihad have nothing these are not like incitements to word anything rather a theoretical piece of information with regards to somebody who's going to carry out some uh, virtuous struggle that that the lord will be pleased with which we as americans believe in as well otherwise we wouldn't have an army so uh don't uh this is not to be construed as any sort of incitement to do anything that violates state local or uh federal regulations um, Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar anhu narrates that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Islam is, is, is founded on five, on five things. To bear witness that there is no uh, uh, God except for Allah, and that Sayyidina Muhammad Rasul is his messenger, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and the establishment of the prayer, which is the munasabah with the bab, the establishment of the prayer, and giving zakat and making hajj uh, uh, of the house of Allah Ta'ala. And uh, 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 fasting in the month of Ramadan. Wa anhu, رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أمرت أن أقاتل الناس حتى أقاتل الناس that's a typo. أمرت أن أقاتل الناس حتى يشهد الله إله إلا الله وأن محمدا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ويقيم الصلاة ويوت الزكاة فإذا فَعَلُوا ذَلِكَ عَصَمُوا مِنِّي دِمَاءَهُمْ وَأَمْوَالَهُمْ إِلَّا بِحَقِّ الْإِسْلَامِ وَحِسَابُهُمْ عَلَى اللَّهِ مُتَّفَقٌ عَلَيْهِ He said that, uh, I ha- uh, he said that Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar also narrates uh, that uh, uh, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, I was commanded to struggle against the people until they bear witness that there is no God except for Allah and that Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is his messenger, and to establish to, and that they establish the prayer and they give zakat, and if they they do so, uh, 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 then their uh, uh, blood and their wealth is is protected, uh, 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 except for through the haqq uh, of Islam, except for through the right of Islam, which is what if someone like damages someone else's property, then they have to recompense them, or uh, 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 you know something of that like. Uh, uh, that uh, uh, that except for through the haq of Islam and the rest of their the rest of their uh, uh, reckoning is it's uh, uh, it's something between them and Allah Taala the rest of their reckoning is something between them and Allah Taala so many people you know hear this hadith and they get like real up, like upset and afraid and they're like oh my God like there's you know struggle against people Islam the meaning of this is what that the nizam should be established that that people should. Uh, 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 the, the the system in which the the justice of the deen is established should be established. This doesn't mean like actually like fighting, killing, or coercing individuals. Rather, it's the establishment of the prayer in the qom that the the prayer is going on somewhere. Even if the entire qom, uh, you know, a large portion of it is uh, chooses to believe uh, other than Islam, that's fine. But the system the system should be established. I mean, this is not. I'm not. You know, this is not like a uh, like some sort of like PR uh, stunt, right? So when somebody, so I'm going to say this. It's very frank. People should they can take it the way they want to. And if you don't want to, you know, if it doesn't bother you, or if it doesn't suit you, or if it bothers you, think about it. You know, just think about it. Um, when people say that Islam wasn't spread or wasn't spread by the sword, or was spread by the sword by that for that matter, in one respect they're correct, in one respect it's incorrect. The Islam of individuals was not spread by the sword. If someone forces another person to accept Islam by coercion, like become Muslim or kill you, okay, 
A, that's haram. It's, it's impermissible. It's a sin. And B, that other person, their Islam is not valid anyway. Why? Because they didn't, they didn't want to accept the deen. It was just through coercion. And these things without tasdiq inside the heart, without, without actually like believing it inside the heart, it's not even valid. So no one was coerced to become Muslim from a shari'i like legal standpoint. Someone might say, well, so-and-so people in history, you know, forced so-and-so you know, people to become Muslim, which may have happened at times. But from a Shari point of view, they actually didn't become Muslim. Why? Because they didn't believe it was just coercion. The Islam wasn't valid anyway. Neither was the coercion valid, nor was the result of the coercion legally valid in, in the deen. Not in this world, nor in the hereafter. And if at some other time those people started to believe in Islam, then the Islam is valid not, not because of the coercion, but despite it. Uh, so that's that's from that point of view, it is wrong to say that Islam was spread by the sword. It wasn't, and this is not the practice of the Sahaba, the Aslaf, and the overwhelming majority of Muslims throughout the history of Islam, because it's itself a, a sin uh, to, to to do other than that. However, you have to be a moron to like not think that the Muslims didn't conquer lands. When they conquered lands, they didn't make people become Muslims. But what did they do? They forbade people from marrying their siblings. This is a Prophet said this, right? So when you conquer Iran, the Zoroastrians have a, a thing with them that they do, which is that they'll marry their siblings. This is common actually in a number of quote unquote noble bloodlines, and it results in you know weird things like Habsburg people having feeling Habsburg royal family members having pain in their chin or whatever, grotesquely malformed chins or whatever. These things happen. The pharaohs used to marry their royal bloodline, or meaning what? They used, it's just all fancy zukhruf min al-qol. It's just fancy way of saying incest, right? They used to do those things. Prophet said they can't do that anymore. Cannot transact in usury anymore. They cannot, you know, there are a number of things. He said that you can't do those anymore. That's a public standard of order. It's going to be established. You can worship wherever you were worshiping before. You can inside your home do what you want. You want to go get drunk off the night quill. As long as you don't take it out into the street. That's your, that's your problem. If you're not a Muslim, no one's going to come bust your door down and be like, how come you're drinking? No one's going to bust your door down and say, uh, you, know, you know, thought police that, you know, how come you're not, uh, you know, you're worshipping the elephant god and we want you to like whatever, follow the Hanafi madhab. It doesn't work that way. Uh, um, the system though, the, the world order, the system of, uh, of, of uh, justice, it was established through military power as every state is established through military power. Uh, and that's not something unique about Islam. That's just uh, that has to do with statecraft, and uh, 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 you know it's very ironic that the people who um, point fingers at Islam and say, "Oh, look, it's such a barbaric religion," uh, and you know their standard of religion is to turn the other cheek. Well, guess what? They haven't been actually turning the other cheek, uh, uh, and so that's that's just a type of hypocrisy that uh, uh, you know it doesn't really require too much comment, to be honest with you, because uh, it's it's obvious for everybody. One said that Mu'adhin radiallahu ta'ala anhu qala ba'ath, qala ba'athani Rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ila Yemen. Faqala innaka ta'ti qawman min ahli al-kitabi fad'uhum ila shahadati an la ilaha illa Allahu wa anni Rasulullahi fa'in ata'u li thalika fa'alimhum afwan anna allaha ta'ala iftarada alayhim khamsa salawatin fi kulli yawmin wa layla. فَإِنْ هُمْ أَطَاعُوا لِذَلِكَ فَأَعْلِمْهُمْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى إِفْتَرَضَ عَلَيْهِمْ صَدَقَةً تُؤْخَذُ مِنْ أَغْنِيَائِهِمْ فَتُرَدُّ عَلَى فُقَرَائِهِمْ فَإِنْ هُمْ أَطَاعُوا لِذَلِكَ فَإِيَّاكَ وَكَرَائِمَ أَمْوَالِهِمْ وَاتَّقِي دَعْوَةَ الْمَظْلُومِ فَإِنَّهُ لَيْسَ بَيْنَهَا وَبَيْنَ with regards to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sending uh, 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 Sayyidina uh, Mu'adh bin uh, Jabal radiallahu anhu to be the governor of Yemen. And so uh, 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 any of you who keep your composure, okay? Any of you who attended this last week's Al-Maghrib Ilbfest in, 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 the, in uh, Minneapolis, I spoke about this over there. Like on behalf of Islamic Relief, or about Yemen and the virtues of the people of Yemen. So from their virtues is that, it was like an entire country, mashallah. They accepted Islam without any coercion, and they said, send us judges and send us the governors to rule over us. 
Uh, and it's very interesting how this mirrors the disposition of the Ansar. The Ansar, their tribes are also, uh, they're also of Himyarite origin, of, 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 of Yemeni origin. And uh, uh, there's so much Baraka, you know, in those people that they're the ones, their army conquered Sham. They're the ones who, their armies conquered the Maghrib al-Aqsa, the western lands uh, of the Arabs uh, in Africa, North Africa, West Africa. They're the ones who uh, 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 spread Islam through the entire, what I call the Dhoti belt, everywhere from like Mozambique in the south of the east coast of Africa through up through the Horn of Africa, Somalia, Ethiopia, etc. Yemen, uh, uh, um, the southern ports of Iran, Balochistan, uh, 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 South India. And they're the ones who brought Islam to the south of India, which is where it arrived before it came to the north of India by a very long time. And through Sri Lanka and then through the uh, Southeast Asian archipelago, which contains the country that has the largest Muslim population, Muslim majority population. And they all accepted Islam like the ones who brought them Islam without an army ever setting foot on their lands. They said it, they accepted it through their own volition. Uh, and this is beauty, a beautiful thing about these people. And they did uh, so much work that we all benefit from. And their land right now is not doing well. Uh, and I, you know, honestly, at some point, I could care less about the geopolitical struggle between who and who. Uh, I care about, like, you know, the mother who, you know, cries and like her heart is broken for her children who are mal malnourished, um, or for innocent people who are suffering, elders who die because of lack of simple medicine, things like that. So whoever has whatever way, I know I work for Islamic Relief, so you can you're always welcome to like do that thing too. But whoever has any way of helping, even if it's just through du'a. Uh, um, you know, my, my heartfelt request then and now also is that the people help. So this hadith has to do with Rasulullah sending Mu'ad bin Jabal uh, to be the emir over Yemen. He said that the Rasulullah dispatched me to Yemen and he said, you're going to... Uh, 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 you're going to come to a people who are from the Ahlul Kitab. They're, they believe in a, uh, a revealed scripture from before. Uh, and uh, 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 so call them to bear witness that there's no God except for Allah and that I'm the messenger of Allah. Meaning what? He's the governor, he's the emir, he can coerce them. He, was, he said what? Call them, fad'uhum. You know, give them da'wah basically. Preach to them, call them. Uh, um, and if they, uh, if they obey that, then, then, then inform them that Allah Ta'ala has made five daily prayers uh, uh, fard on them. Meaning from the a'mal, this is the first thing that they were informed about. Why? Because of its precedence over uh, other other deeds uh, uh, in importance and in virtue. Uh, and then uh, 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 if they obey that, then uh, uh, tell them Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made uh, obligatory upon them uh, the zakat which is taken from there. Again, what is zakat? Zakat is not like a like a collection tax, rather a collection of a tax, uh, just you know, to finance state kleptocracy. Most state religion is a soft arm of uh, the 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 official government kleptocracy. Kleptocracy. Do you, what does it mean? Aisha, you know. Miriam, what did I say? What was the word? Kleptocracy. It's a K. Right, K L E P T O C R A C Y, kleptocracy. You know what it means, Abdullah? Abdul Manan, Mir Mir, sisters. It means rule by thieves. Rule by thieves. We live in a kleptocracy. Just my opinion, feel free to disagree with me if you want to. But almost every government is a kleptocracy. Why? Because through the government, certain people enrich themselves at the expense of others without justification. Okay, like, what if I actually, like, make a product people like, then I enrich, my, enrich myself at the expense of others, but it's like, it's not theft, it's business, right? Uh, uh, so governments, as their essential nature, except for the one Allah has mercy on, they're generally kleptocracies, and religion is a soft arm of enforcement. Because whoever rebels against the religion costs a lot of money to send an army to go fight them, right? It's expensive. Wars are expensive. Guns are expensive. Training, insurance, someone dies, you have to go pay for their funeral. Who has money for that, right? 
uh, life insurance for like their 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 widow. Otherwise, she's gonna go on the news and be like the government's a kleptocracy. Which part of being kleptocracy is having a sizable marketing budget to teach kids that the government is like a representative of the people and democracy and all this other jazz. So people don't realize it's a kleptocracy. Okay, the idea is what is that the, the it's too expensive to to enforce by force. So you bring down force on pressure points. And the rest of it is soft arm, like marketing and things like that. So religion in general is marketing for kleptocracy. The Prophet tell me, can anyone level level the charge of kleptocracy against him? No, he died broke. In order to be a thief, you have to actually be stealing something. And said Abu Bakr who died broke. And said Umar all of them, they died with like very little from this world. Sayyidina Uthman had his own money from before he became Amir and from before Islam even. Sayyidina Salman al-Farisi and the Ashab al-Suffa who ended up becoming governors and judges afterward, they literally, Rasulullah made them take an oath that what? That you'll never take from the world more than you have, than a rider takes. Why? For a number of reasons. Not the least of which is that there's actually empirical evidence that they were not kleptocrats. So uh, the Prophet is saying, look, we know you've had uh, a kleptocratic rule before. So this is not like a tax that like we're just, we're just jacking you for protection money or whatever. Rather, this is money taken by your rich and it's returned to your poor. Zakat, there are very uh, clearly uh, uh, defined masarif, uh, uh, recipi recipients in the Quran. And you know exactly who it's going to. The summary of all those eight masarif is what? Is that it's... it's, it's taken from your rich and it's going to your poor it's not going it's not going nowhere else uh and that's why our sacred sharia not only mandates that the, the zakat has to go to the poor but it also mandates that it should go to the local people uh, it should be preference and priority should be given to the to the to the local people um and uh, and that's that's what that is go impress people at work is a kleptocracy to them say you know impress them make them look you know kleptomaniac is a person who has like a psychological disorder that they have to like shoplift all the time or whatever right kleptocracy it makes it makes sense right go go and uh, you know mirror go and go and like wow the people at at work you know and and families and relatives families friends relatives so the prophet said look this okay money is involved here and the dean has to do with the dunya but this money is what? It's taken from your poor, or from your rich, and it's given back to your, it's returned to your poor. If they obey that, then I, I, I warn you with regards to when you take their, their money in zakat, don't take the best of their wealth. Uh, 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 meaning what? Like, you know, zakat is given on crops, it's given on, on animals, like uh, herded animals and things like that. So don't take the most beautiful, like, animal that, like, you know, is the pride and joy of the herd. And don't take the one that's like, you know, about, <coughs> about to like die uh, from, you know, seven different diseases that I'm sure, you know, medical professionals like Abdul Manan could, could help with. Take the middle one, you know, uh, uh, which is also, it's also part of, it's part of Hikmah, right? Mir, if you ever become a big, you know, Sayyid Mir Ali Shah, like you become a peer and stuff like that, ease up on the donations and stuff. Like, you know, don't, don't let them come to the Khanqa for free. <laughs> Because the sunnah is that you, when you go out in the path of Allah, you go with your life and with your wealth. You should pay for it. But don't like ream them just because you can. Uh, uh, and then the final thing that the Messenger of Allah says, there's so much beauty in the deen. He says, and fear Allah with regards to the dua of the, the, the person who's oppressed. Because there's no hijab between them and Allah Ta'ala. And the ulama mentioned that this includes whether, uh, you know, this includes, it has nothing to do with whether a person is Muslim or not. It includes the people who, who uh, are not Muslims. But when they call on Allah in the state of, uh, in the state of, uh, of, of despair from, from having been uh, transgressed or been treated unjustly, Allah Ta'ala prioritized fast tracks to answering of that prayer. Allah Ta'ala uh, uh, protect us from ever being volumin or mazlumin. Wa sallallahu ta'ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.